Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whenever you are listening to this. I hope you are doing super fantastic. I hope you are in a present state of peace and joy right now. I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're being intentional about investing in yourself and about taking the time to reflect and gain the wisdom, not that I'm wise, but you're taking some time out from your day, morning, evening to invest in yourself. And that's what listening to a podcast is. It's giving yourself a chance to invest in yourself. So, I want to congratulate you on that. This is Robert Bolden, Life Transform, and this is Coffee and Christ, my weekly share of my daily process with you as I begin my day every day. Lord, it's been probably at least a couple of years now. I begin my day this way, and even as I say that and think about it, how rich that is for me and how much it's changed my perspective, how much I've learned and grown uh, in the Word. Coming from a guy who never picked up a Bible for the first 90% of his life, um, quite a transformation for me alone. All right, so let's get started here. The verse of the day. It looks like it's 1 Thessalonians 5. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Very interesting. See that no one pays back evil for evil. I'd have to, I'd have to look at the context of this um, to really comment on that, my heart. Um, see that no one pays back evil for evil. Let me see here. Now concerning, I'm going to read the beginning of this. Uh, now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no, no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief, for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to the darkness and night, so be on your guard not asleep like the others, stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk, but let us, who live in the light, be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Ah, so this is Paul's advice. Paul's advice. That is really good. So that's what we talk about. All right, so above that, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone. And here's our verse. And it's, 
1 Thessalonians 15. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always tries to do good to each other and to all people. Hmm. So this is really us to all other Jesus followers. So that is, okay, so the context that I was thinking about originally, which was, that means I have to be on the lookout for other Christ followers and make sure they don't pay back evil for evil, which is really good. That emboldens me to do that, just that. And the second part of that is, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. So, yeah, it's modeling, but more than modeling. See that. See that. So that means take action. So that's what I'm getting out of this. Take action. Make sure within my awareness that I'm not seeing people pay back evil with evil. And, you know, ensure people are doing good to each other and to all people. Love it. Very rich. Okay, so let's go to devotion for today. And I meant the plan is prophecy and promise. So I've recently entered, entered the world just because God put it in my world, the world of the prophets, the modern day prophets. And I'm getting a lot of education on that. Talk to my good buddy Jacob. Gave me some great insight that they're foretellers. What are there? Two kinds of prophets. Get my notes over here. If I can access them quickly for you. <coughs> yes, there are two kinds of prophets. There are foretelling prophets. And they're the ones that can say, if you continue the way you're going, this is going to happen. So they can kind of see just based on, you know, what's happening with a person, with the world, whatever. Here's what's going to happen. And um, I think, and Jacob, uh, as Jacob and I discussed, you know, I think anybody is capable of being a forth-telling prophet. You know, and you, you know, you just feel that... Um, it's coming from the Holy Spirit and from God and your, your wisdom and what you've accumulated over the course of life that you can kind of see that. Um, so that's the one kind of prophet. The other kind is a foretelling prophet. And that's like in Revelations, looking into a different culture, dreams or visions from the Lord. So Jesus, for example, Isaiah are, are both examples of a foretelling prophet. So, let's get us back to our plan for today. Here we go. Your enemy is a lion. One of the delicious thrills of going to the zoo is to see ferocious wild animals in cages. We see them stalk around, glaring and growling, but we know that the steel bars make them helpless to hurt us. Still, we shiver a little when we imagine what it might be like to meet a lion on the open savanna when he is hungry and we are the prey. The Bible wants you to know that you, your arch enemy, Satan, is like a lion and that you are being stalked. 
The apostle wrote to some confused Christians, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's from 1 Peter 5-8. through 8. Satan lost his damning power over you when you came to faith in Christ, your Savior. But he wants you back on death row. And because he is still the prince of this world and has great power, he will come at you again and again with pain or pleasures to persuade you to give up on God. When your own strength seems small, you can put your trust in the one who promised that no one can rip you out of his hands. That's John 10.28. Love that. You guys, think about this. This is Satan's world that we live in. When we give our lives to Christ, Satan loses. He's lost us. But he wants to get us back and he'll use pain and pleasure to try to persuade us to give up on God. Isn't that simple? And for me, it's simple. I realize that you, we are all in a different place. But wherever you are on that continuum, I can just speak from my vantage point, and I love it, because from where I sit, Satan's tricks are very transparent. They can be very subtle, too. So I've got to recognize, and I do recognize, pain and pleasure, and realize, and I'm aware of the role that Satan plays in those two things. And the quicker I can get myself back to God and love, the better off I am and the more peace I experience. The Lord Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, is an even bigger lion, and he has final control over all that happens in our universe. His roar is good news for us, for it is the roar of God's triumph over evil. Isn't that great? Oh my goodness. I love it. <clears throat> yes, so that's all we have to do. It's all I have to do is just trust in that statement. And here is 1 Peter 5. Stay alert! Exclamation point. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And then John 10. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Isn't that so good? So my comment, what is God saying to me? God is saying... Pain and pleasure can be tools of Satan. So be on the lookout for him in those circumstances. Be discerning. Oh, that's so good. So I think it's just taking that pause. I learned something here lately. Um, it's called the 10, I think it's called the 10 second pause. And it's really a cool thing. And it's based on brain, you know, how the brain and mind work together. So whenever you're in a situation, the 10 second pause is 
Breathe in for three seconds and, th and say to yourself, think, feel. And then breathe out for seven seconds and say out loud, choose. So it's think, feel, and then choose. So it allows you to think and feel whatever emotion it, it is and to just stop yourself and be in that moment. And then choose your reaction. Is it Satan or not? I'm going to choose my reaction. I'm going to choose my action. Brilliant. I love it. Love it, love it. All right. So let's go to the Bible, the book. <laughs> and I love this book. It's so funny because just few short years ago I had no clue about this book and now I love this book because I learn so much every time I open it because I have the eyes to see and the ears to hear it is a truly a living word okay so here we go we are in 2 Chronicles 8 at the end of the 20 years during which Solomon built the temple of the Lord in his own palace, Solomon rebuilt the villages that Hiram had given him and settled Israelites in them. Solomon went to... Oh, I think I read this. No, I didn't. Nope. Okay. Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and captured it. He also built up Tadmor in the desert and all the store cities he had built in Hamath. He rebuilt Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon as fortified cities with walls and with gates and bars, as well as Baleth and all his store cities, and all the cities of his chariots, and for his horses. Whatever he desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and throughout all the territory he ruled. There were still people left from the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These people were not Israelites. Solomon conscripted the, the descendants of all these people remaining in the land whom the Israelites had not destroyed to serve as slave labor, labor as it is to this day. But Solomon did not make slaves of the Israelites for his work. They were his fighting men, commanders, and his captains and commanders of his chariots and charioteers. They were also King Solomon's chief officials, 250,000 supervising the men. Solomon brought the Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to take the palace he had built for her for he said my wife must not must not live in the palace of David king of Israel because the places the ark of the Lord has entered are holy on the altar of the Lord that he had built in front of the portico Solomon sacrificed burnt offerings to the Lord according to the daily requirements for offerings commanded by Moses for the Sabbath the new moons and three annual festivals, the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. In keeping with the ordinance of his father David, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their duties, and the Levites to lead the praise and to assist the priest according to each day's requirement. He also appointed the gatekeepers by divisions for the various gates, because this was what David, the man of God, had ordered. They did not deviate from the king's commands to the priests or to the Levites in any manner, including that of the treasuries. All Solomon's work was carried out from the day the foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid until its completion. So the temple of the Lord was finished. Then Solomon went to Ezean Geber and Aleth on the coast of Edom. And Hiram sent him ships commanded by his own men, sailors who knew the sea. 
these, with Solomon's men, sailed to Ophir and brought back 450 talents of gold, which they delivered to King Solomon. So Solomon was just being obedient, and he did everything ex in an excellent way, which is a great lesson. You know, when, when God has commissioned you, and he's commissioned all of our lives. I know, you know, I don't know exactly what it is but I'm figuring out and I'm taking steps in that direction and that's I'm sure where you are too don't let the confusion stop you from taking action that is the key don't let the confusion stop you from taking action I'm gonna read a little bit here let's see let's go the Queen of Sheba visits Solomon when the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great car caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he had made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe what they said until I came and saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the rest for the Lord your God. Because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever, he has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices, and precious stones. There had never been such spices as those the Queen of Sheba gave to the king, to King Solomon. The servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon brought gold from Ophir. They also brought algum wood and precious stones. The king used the algum wood to make steps for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. Not, nothing like them had ever been seen in Judah. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for. He gave her more than she had brought to him. Then she left and returned with her retinue to her own country. So this is just the kind of beginning of Solomon's rule. And he was favored by, by God. When God asked him, what does he want? He asked for wisdom to lead the people. And God was so blown away by his response. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for fame. He didn't ask for power or defeating of his enemies. So God granted him far beyond. And he granted him all those things because Solomon simply asked for wisdom to lead his people. I think that's a great lesson for me, you know, even in today's world, you know, ask God for wisdom to, to lead me in particular. I think, I feel like God has called me to lead and I've, and I've um, not stepped into that role to the extent that he created me to. So now I'm getting 
uncomfortable in stepping into that leadership role and just asking God for wisdom going forward in, in leading, whether it be my company or my own life, that's where it starts, leading my own life, give me wisdom in leading my own life. Um, and that's where the power, I think, comes in. So that was really good. I really like that. I'm, I'm working on having an intention versus a goal. And, and maybe that is it. That was kind of a mini breakthrough for me as I'm sitting here. Maybe it's the wisdom piece that I need to incorporate into my intention. So there you go. There's the living word. Perfect example about how it works. All right. So let's go to Sarah Young, verse of the day for today, August 12th. Come to me when you are weak and weary. Rest snugly in my everlasting arms. Do not despise your weakness, my child. Actually, it draws me closer to you because weakness stirs up my compassion. My yearning to help. Accept yourself in your weariness, knowing that I understand how difficult your journey has been. Do not compare yourself with others who seem to skip along their life paths with ease. Their journeys have been different from yours, and I have gifted them with abundant energy. I have gifted you with fragility, providing opportunities for your spirit to blossom in my presence. Accept this gift as a sacred treasure, delicate yet glowing with brilliant light. Rather than struggling to disguise or deny your weakness, allow me to bless you richly through it. Great lesson there. Just don't compare. <laughs> That's what I got out of that. Don't compare. And embrace your weakness. Step into it. And know that that God is, is there for you. He works through that where we think, oh, I can't do it. He's going, really, you can't do anything without me. So he, he knows our weakness. And if we step into that and just say, okay, I surrender that to God, it's going to bring us such relief and such peace and joy that we're, we're, we're going to want to do that with everything. At least that's the way it worked with me. Okay, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. That's Isaiah 42.3. Love that. So if you're broken in any way, don't worry, he's not going <laughs> to further break you. He's going to bring forth justice. Which is a great thought, and it's a great knowledge. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. That's Isaiah 54.10. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Yeah, remember, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I remember that. So anytime I'm at a loss for words or what to pray for, I just trust in the Spirit. I mean, why not? It's got to happen. I love it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. This has been Robert Bolden, Coffee and Christ. This is my weekly look into my daily practice. And I so appreciate you all. We are life transformed getting people out of isolation into community we went from this world's success to god's world significance be on the lookout we have got a challenge
coming up, the Life Transform Challenge. Find your purpose. Find your vision. Right? It's so powerful. So that's going to come up September 13th as we're going to kick that off. You'll be seeing some opportunities to join the challenge here shortly. We also have a health summit the first Monday of every month. 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. Register for the Health Summit. Um, subscribe to our email list, life-transform.com. You know, look for Life Transformed on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Um, and you'll get more information on these two exciting events that are coming up. All right, you guys, have a great rest of your time. And uh, just, just be intentional in the moment and live in gratitude today. Give, give, give in a way that you've never given before. Okay, see you next time.